Good morning and welcome to Recovery Central. Morning, Ronnie. Good morning, Richard. How, how are you? I'm all right, thank you. I'm all good. Enjoying the sunshine today. Oh, the sun, yes, yeah. the sun. <laughs> what on earth happened? What happened no to idea. April? What happened to May? Well, best forgotten, really, yeah. aren't they? Two coats this morning. Two coats? Two coats, thinking it's going to be cold. <laughs> well, I've had wardrobe malfunctions every day. It's been like, which hats do I wear? Which, Not just one hat, I have to take three out, just in case. Nightmare. Anyway, we have many of the usual things today and more. Yes. Because I understand you've been looking at some quotes, Ronnie. Yeah. And you certainly have a couple of things to throw at me, I think. Yeah, I have. I have. I've got some uh, ready for you. Anyway, let us begin, and we will begin with an agony aunt letter. Yeah. Dear Jim, Jack, and Jess, hello. How are you? I don't know why I'm writing this because really I should be able to deal with her. But my girlfriend, she. I don't know, but I'll start again. You don't mind if I cross that first bit out, do you? I'm not drunk. It's not me, you see. Anyway, me and Lisa have been living together for just over a year now. At first it was literally all wine and roses, but now it's all cider and shouting. I don't know quite how it happened either. We met in the pub and we've always parted together, but recently I got a promotion which meant I had to take on more responsibilities at work. As a result, she gave up her job, claiming that we could easily live on my salary, which is true, but not the point here, and we needed to be ready for when we have children. I'd have been fine with that if she were pregnant, but we hadn't even decided to start trying at that point, and what's more, I know she's still taking the pill because I saw the empty packets in the bin. What really gets me is that she seems to spend all day getting drunk and spending my money on Amazon. She's been buying baby stuff, including lots of things for the nursery, which is currently my study, including paint and various fittings, which she has assumed I am going to sort out. Every evening when I come home, I never know what mood she's going to be in. In fact, the only thing I know for certain is that she'll be half pissed, or even flat out comatose on the sofa. She says it's just a phase, because she's frustrated at not being pregnant yet. That said, we're only managing to have sex maybe once a week at the moment, so we're not exactly increasing our chances of conceiving, are we? I've confronted her about her drinking, in a kind and considerate way, but she just batted it off, telling me I was making a fuss over nothing. I've started spending more time in the pub as things have got worse, because I'd rather be anywhere than at home. Then we get the rows every night when I get in, and she accuses me of being a drunk. I don't know what to do. Please help. Ben. Can I make that one? Oh, there's a conundrum. Mm. I was alerted straight away by this, I'm not drunk, it's not me. Yeah, yeah, 100%. It, it looks to me like one of those situations where one of them is much worse than the other. Yeah. So it's an easy projection to make, isn't it? Because he's got a job and he's got a promotion. Mm -hmm. Whereas she's sitting on her ass doing nothing. And she's actually give up her own job. She's give up yeah. her own job as well. More time drinking then, isn't it? Well, I mean, the road to hell is paved with good intentions, isn't it? Of course yeah. it is. Yeah. Ready for when we have children. Yeah, yeah, definitely. She's getting, um, getting herself set up there, isn't she? I should imagine it's all planned out in her head that she can stay at home all day, look after the children and get drunk all day. Not really a great start for a child in life, is it? Nope. No, nope. these two don't look very ready to be having children to me. No, no, definitely not. Especially as he's still just nipping off to the pub at the end of it, using that as an excuse as well to go to the pub and 
obviously coming back probably drunk as well so they're both they're both drunk at the end of the evening uh, arguing there's no wonder there's not much conceiving going on it says they partied together to start with yeah and if that's all they did for a year mm-hmm. then they're obviously not partying together anymore so what is there in that relationship apart from when they were partying is that what got them together it's in the other side of each other the, the fun side and then boo stops or, or supposed to have stopped and they've seen the, the real them and they're not really happy with what they've seen and what they're getting yeah I, th- I think there's an element of that and yeah. yeah you're right I think she's got a plan perhaps with the best intentions mm-hmm. maybe she thinks that having a baby is going to sort everything out for yeah. her yeah and that the drink problem will go away because she's got a baby to look after yeah they'll fix the problem it's like that teenage thought of Oh, I've got nowhere to go. I'm arguing with my mum all the time. I know I'll have a baby because then I'll get a flat. (laughs) And the baby becomes like a doll or an unwanted pet. It becomes an inconvenience once it's alive. But the idea is marvellous to begin with. It's horrible. Yeah, guaranteed income, somewhere to live. I've heard that, I've seen that one. I mean, it sounds to me like pot and kettle because while he's saying, look at her, she spends all day getting drunk and spending my money... Mm -hmm. He's going out to the pub every night. Yeah, uh, every given opportunity, yeah. So he's, he's got to work. So as soon as he's finishing work, he's straight down the pub. As it says, it sounds a bit, he's coming back drunk. And he is painting her as the villain. Mm-hmm. And the fact is, yes, she is at home drunk every night, but actually that doesn't excuse what he's doing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't excuse the fact that he's out every night. And then he's going for a, a pretty standard blaming response, which is... Oh, I know she's still taking the pill. She doesn't really want to have a baby. They've obviously not talked about this. And all he's worried about is losing his little office. Which means he clearly doesn't want a child anyway. No, he doesn't. The stuff she's ordered for the nursery. I'm not convinced that she is expecting him to do everything. No. I think that's his interpretation of the fact that she's bought things. Yeah, definitely. And he's fixated on this idea that she's spending his money. Spending his money. He's got to do all the work. He's got to go to, go to work. He's got to do the nursing. She's going to sit yeah, and end up getting drunk all the time. And, and how on earth would she be able to be a mother anyway, if that was the case? And get off the cross, kid. We need the wood. Because mm. if this were an equal relationship, then it would be our money, not my money. Yeah, of course. Yeah, 100%. And actually, it's not like she's spending money on her own things. Mm. This is money that's being spent towards having a nursery, which is obviously what she would like to happen, but she's not going about it the right way. What interests me most about this letter is there's so much blame in it. And he's not blameless. And it's something that he will have to learn over time, isn't it? Well, why on earth would he be trying for a baby? I mean, his missus is always drunk. I mean, obviously, it's not good to be drinking anyway. But he's out every night and he's coming home drunk. They both want to get back to their old ways, don't they? The old ways was the fun times, getting drunk all the time. And yeah, the baby's just going to be there to as something else. Well, maybe. I hope that they actually sit down and talk to each other before a child arrives. Yeah. Because I'm not hopeful for a couple like this with a child. No. Both need to be sober as well, which sounds like it's not going to happen. No, that's not going to happen for a long time, is it? Because the nearest thing to an admission of a problem is him saying that she's got one. Yeah. <laughs> and that's not actually no. giving us anything to work with, is it? Of course not.
Right, and now we need to look at one of our dialogues, don't we? Before you hit me with quotes, because I know we're, we're, okay. we're holding for that, we're holding for it, and it will come, it will come. Yeah, you'll, be, you'll like this one, trust me, you'll like this well, one. Well, whenever, whenever I look for quotes, it staggers me at how many quotation sites there are. There's hundreds. Most of them peddling the same thing. Yeah, 100%. Right, so we are looking at today, we are looking at two people who, one of them is is clearly a bit mangled up and it seems to be a mess of his own making certainly so let's yeah. let's see what happens with this okay i can't tell her why not it will upset her oh come on what we've gone beyond upsetting her now haven't we i know but you can't carry on like this though i know and stop saying i know but you don't know do you i know how she'll react that's for certain. If there's one thing I've learned, it's that none of this is for certain. Maybe. And Kate's had to follow this nightmare ride all the way with you. Every time it's been speeding up or headed directly into a brick wall, she's been right there with you. I know, but... Right, that's it. What? Time you did some listening. Is it? Because you're not listening to me. But I do. No, you're just waiting until I stop talking, not focusing on what I'm saying at all. I'm not... There's a big difference, isn't there? Is there? Yes. I don't. Stop looking at what you've decided is the answer and just listen to what I'm saying. I... Every time you say I know or but... You're just trotting out your answer or solution, regardless of what I've just said to you. Am I? I thought... No, you didn't think. You decided. That's all. You're deciding on the outcome here, when actually you've got no idea. But all I was saying... The was... same thing you've been saying for weeks? Are you calling me boring? No, not at all. You're stuck in a rut, that's all. Like a broken record. I... You picked up a drink and you've not told Kate. Simple fact. Yes? I'd like to think it's more complicated than that. Well, that's what happens when you start planning around it. Must be very tiring planning all those possibilities. I just get confused, that's all. Hardly surprising, given the circumstances. No. Fact is, you relapsed over a month ago, and your sister, who paid for your rehab, is still unaware of this fact. She also doesn't know that you split up with Chantel, whether permanently or not, nor does she know that you're in yet more trouble with the bank. What's more, your mum's seriously ill and Kate is dealing with that too, right? Yes. And I don't want to be borrowing her, but... What's going to happen when she finds out? She'll go mad. That's what you've decided is going to happen, isn't it? It's a pretty reasonable possibility, isn't it? Yeah, but it's just that. It's a possibility. But I can't tell her now. Not with Mum. And the money. Has and it not occurred to you that if you weren't spending every waking moment drinking, or covering up for the last drink, or planning the next drink, then you might be able to put some of this into context. But it's too much. What's happening here is that you're not dealing with anything. It is. You don't want to tell Kate about the relapse. That's understandable. However, getting back to meetings and getting sober, that's something you can take action on, isn't it? But it can't be like last time. I know it's scary, but to be honest, the fact that you're still managing to cling to a job tells me that you can't be drinking all the time. So, it's very unlikely that you're physically dependent. It's just that... The oh, obsession's on you? Of course it is. That's what happens, remember? I just didn't think it would Oh, be. right, don't tell me. You thought it would be different this time. You thought you could handle it. You thought you understood your limits. Not exactly, but... Kate like... is going to find out anyway. But if you get back on track doing it yourself, she's far less likely to react the way you're expecting. Yes, you're right. Are you going to come tonight? I think I need to. Do that first. Then we pick off the things on your problem list, one by one. Okay. And Phil? What? Thanks. Don't thank me. No? That wasn't me. That oh, was... Yes. Time you started believing. 
Is it? Yes. See you tonight. A few minutes before? Okay. That rings a few bells. Oh, it certainly does. Obviously, no um, typical relapse. Harder than next time. Well, it's the way the way that hopes get up, don't they? When the person goes into rehab, particularly the first time, mm -hmm. and the family may stump up the money to send them somewhere, yeah. and there's this great weight of expectation. Oh, surely he can do it. Surely that this is going to be something that he can do, and and we'll all be back to normal. Yeah, it's kind of like the way people have been thinking about COVID. Oh, I just can't wait for when we can just do what we like, just like normal, completely back to normal, and, and and that's it. And actually, normal is is such a, a fluid word because for an alcoholic, there's never really any normal because things are an abnormal normal while you're still drinking, and then when you get back, it's more about how you reconnect with the world mm -hmm. in a way that works for you. And this guy is so paranoid about upsetting his sister because she's paid because for she's him to go to rehab. Yeah. So he's not even focusing on being sober, is he? No, no, no. It's all about, well, what if, if I do this, this is going to happen and that person's going to be let down, the other person's going to be let down. It's, it's not even focused on, on it's his a recovery. It's smokescreen as well, isn't it? Yeah. It's because basically he doesn't want to tell her and he wants to justify not telling her. Yeah. And the other guy even gives him a get-out clause, yeah. saying, of course you don't want to tell her. Mm. That is understandable, mm -hmm. because she may immediately go straight down on you, whereas if what you do is you go back to meetings and get sober again, mm -hmm. you can then tell her afterwards and say, look, I didn't, because I had to sort it out for this myself. What, yeah, this is what happened. He's been given an exit strategy there by the other guy, and he's not even getting that, is he? No, he's not. Because all he's bothered about is her not finding out, mm. which is the wrong way up. Right, Ronnie, what did you find? Today's quote is, an alcoholic is someone you don't like who drinks as much as you do. <laughs> that one was by Dylan Thomas. Ah, yes. Dylan Thomas. There we go. Um, someone you don't like who drinks as much as you do. Well, it says it all that, doesn't it? it? Does because a lot, it's, it's the Jekyll and Hyde thing. Give X number of drinks to a normie. Yeah. And they might become a bit more sociable and a, and a bit happier, and they might eventually say, "Well, I've had enough," and flop into bed. Times ago, yeah. But they won't black out, and they won't turn into someone else. Yeah. Whereas, give a few drinks to an alcoholic, and they will black out, but yeah. carry on functioning. Mm -hmm. They will turn into something else that's probably not very pleasant, mm -hmm. and then they will carry on drinking, yeah. regardless, and regardless of what they do and how they behave. And not even know they're doing or realise it. Dylan Thomas, of course, was an infamous drunk, and he was drunk most of the time. Produced some phenomenal poetry. I believe he was 39 when he died, and I'm pretty sure he died of alcohol-related illness. I will just have a quick check, but I'd say with some certainty that's what it was. You hear a lot, don't you, of poets and alcohol? It's almost a, a partnership, and it's frightening how many of them particularly the Romantic poet. Mm -hmm. Yes, born 27th of October 1914, died 9th of November 1953. Yes, he was 39. Ex okay. Extraordinary career poetically in such a short time. 39? Yeah. He had a reputation as a roistering, drunken and doomed poet. Right, okay. And yet, Under Milk Wood is, is celebrated, not just in Wales, but, but everywhere. I remember hearing the production of Richard Burton. And 
It's interesting that a raging alcoholic could could come out with a quote like that because it it sums up the Jekyll and Hyde thing. Mm -hmm. And of course, Jekyll and Hyde was written by Robert Louis Stevenson, and he was an alcoholic, and alcohol killed him in his forties. That is, it's like the the hindsight. So we can, but we can identify what alcohol does to people that we know. Mm -hmm. But I cannot see this in myself, which makes Jekyll and Hyde all the more extraordinary in that he wrote this book supposedly about a potion but actually he was writing about himself he was writing about himself Jeez. and dylan thomas in there is he's saying this is someone who drinks like me but they turn into something ugly but I he can't recognize that it turned him into something too i always remember i always remember thinking i haven't changed and nothing i'm just it's just me this is just me i'm being me but everyone else changed in the room around me and i, did, I didn't like them I, that's why i love that quote that that one's great and, and you're right for him to to be able to write that, he must have recognised that, or well, it's the understanding of it, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, he probably recognised him in in himself, but didn't want to. Yeah, and actually, a drunken poet in New York in the early nineteen fifties mm-hmm. was probably hanging out with other drunks in Greenwich Village. Yeah, well, that's a bit of a sweeping generalisation, <laughs> but he, he'd have been hanging out with other drunken writers because yeah. that's the, the way it was. And of course, the, the celebrated reading of Undermilk Wood, Richard Burton, and he was an infamous drunk too. Right. Not that everyone from Wales is an infamous drunk, no, not at all. Anthony Hopkins, though, is an infamous drunk who got sober and has now been sober for 45 years, I believe. Is he from Wales? So, yes, he's Welsh too. But Dylan Thomas, I think, was doomed from the beginning, was certainly the way that other people perceived him. Right. It's frightening, isn't it, to have that degree of perception about a disease that is killing me. Yeah. and to know this but not be able to do anything about it that's really terrifying Jeez. well thanks Ronnie for that and we'll we'll have more next week we certainly will look forward to that right what's next right so next we have let's have a look well, you know what's next, really, Ronnie. I think you're I'm pretending just... on me here. <laughs> I, th- I think you're you're pretending, and I think you I just, know very well what's I next. I just want you to say with enthusiasm. Oh, you want me to say with enthusiasm? And now, and now, hold yes. the press, hold everything. It is time for Ronnie's rehab story. My rehab story. That's the yes. one. And is this it? is episode nine. It is episode rehab nine. Story. Yeah. What have we got well, today? Well, then today we have another letter. This is from John. Jamie's pal. Obviously, we know that Jamie's going into rehab. It's like a farewell letter, isn't it? Should we just read it? I think it's important to point out here also that this is about someone else's expectations of their friend going into rehab. Yeah, this is... And as this is clearly the first time that Jamie's gone into rehab, there are certain expectations that we would know to be a bit idealistic, aren't there? I believe it's your turn with John, isn't it? Yeah, it is my turn. Right, so. Dear friend, thank you for taking the time to read this letter. It's John, Jamie's friend. As you're aware, Jamie has agreed to go to rehab. This is brilliant news to me. I never thought Jamie would accept he had a problem, let alone seek help for it. Jamie and I have, have been pals for a long time now, and although towards the end I wanted rid of him, there is always a part of me that wants the old Jamie back. We used to do all, all the usual light stuff together, you know, like playing Xbox, having a lager together, chat about girls, our future dreams, and all that kind of stuff. It was fun. 
then as time passed I noticed Jamie was always wanting that extra beer or even bottle at the end of the night I stopped drinking with him because of this and it would get out of hand and end up with him getting totally wasted and soon after this started happening he started staying out after saying he's just popping off to the pub or to see Sarah who would come back early hours of the morning sometimes with his mates taking drugs in the living room till nearly morning this is when I knew he had a problem and continued for a while he would be missing days off work but on and off with Sarah breaking everything he touched stopped paying rent and generally just became a nightmare a little while back was the final straw he was meant to be having what I called a crisis meeting to sort out where we was going to go from here as I could no longer afford the rent and I could no longer afford to keep topping up the bills and they was getting out of control. He turned up for the meeting, smashed off his nut with some of his so-called pals causing all sorts of mess and generally being complete arseholes. Sarah came and we managed to get rid of them and was left with Jamie in an undesirable state. We tried to calm him down but he went out and never came back. He ended up in the hospital after having an overdose. I'm not sure if this was intentional or not, but either way it could have killed him. His mum was going out of her mind, but in the end he came through and he's now staying with Sarah until a place comes up in rehab for him. I've spoken with him a few times on the phone. He told me he has been looking forward to going in and can't wait for it to be over. I'm not sure, but it seems like he thinks it's all going to be an easy ride. He spoke about coming round to mine in a couple of months, that's if I still live here, as if things will be all back to normal. He will have no job, no home, no money, nothing. I think he thinks that they will gift him all of this as well. I know they will help him get on the right path, but it won't happen overnight. And he also mentioned getting back with Sarah. Not sure her thoughts on that. Anyway, I suppose the main thing is he's in the right place for now. I do wonder what goes on in those places. I mean, Jamie can be hard to live with at the best of times. Maybe we'll see things differently after spending a few days there. Anyway, thanks again for taking the time to follow this drama on your podcast. I will keep you posted as events unfold. I do hope he sticks it out. I really want my old pal back. Yours, John. Well, the plot thickens. There's something almost painful about the idealism of when people see someone going to rehab for the first time and thinking, I just want my old mate back. Yeah. Yeah. and realising that things are actually not going to be the same no it's, um, um, but, the, but this will develop anyway won't it and I think yeah it will it will I think we're going to hear from the mother and the girlfriend again aren't we yeah we certainly will hear and from obviously them. from Jamie himself yeah of course next up we have to see well Reg is away and we know that Reg is away because he's been off talking to various people trying to find Tallulah mm-hmm. but what has Tom been getting up to is he still running the meeting and who's there we have Unexpected visitors this evening. A weir man. Um, hello. Rich, tell us about your meeting. Oh yeah, and you are? John, and you must be your Thomas. Well, Tom. Delighted to meet you. I'm making tea, because Rich... Rich, tell us you've been making the tea, lad. If I can help you in any way, just say the word. Thank you. Hello, why aye? John, fancy seeing you here. It was Reg what tell us, like, come and see us meeting. Yeah, I got the message too. You know who I saw on the way in? That Brutus, remember him? Hey, there's a turn-up. Looks shifty, he did. His middle name is Shifty. That Tony the Wizard is a crooked, evil man. Don't we know it? Look who's here. I'd never have expected this. No, neither would I. Hello, boys. How are we all? Just pop in, show my support and all that. Why, aye. I got the memo from Reg. Memo? What's that like? 
an expression of solidarity on behalf of all those who might be struggling at this time. One of our beloved Alicats has been kidnapped. Oh, that's what the writing was. I didn't know read it. Better not to, usually. I thought so, but then I can't read. Shall I read the whole thing, then? Would you like a megaphone to go with that gummy? Oh no, I'm stage trained, so I can manage without amplification. Hang on. What? How does a toad train for the stage? Not difficult. I didn't understand him, ma'am. He's not from around here. Me neither, but he's talking foreign-like. No, that's my toad accent. Toad accent? Right, let me just explain. Probably best. I'll try, at least. Toads don't talk like we do. I understand, though, but... They apply an accent according to how many stripes they have on their head and tongue. They have stripes on their heads and tongues? I've never seen that. They can be so subtle that they're barely visible. Does that help, like? Not usually, I admit. As you can see, Gummy doesn't have any stripes. Show them, Gummy. Which means he has what accent? No stripes? He has to be from somewhere vaguely in the west of England. Oh, that's helpful. I think so, as it distinguishes me from my cousins in London and Umberside. Your family parties must be, uh, challenging. Anyway, Gummy, the letter. Oh yes, are we all sitting comfortably? Then I shall begin. It was a dark and slightly windy night when Reg... Is that in the letter then? I don't remember. No, it sounds a bit... No, no, I was just setting the scene. Setting the scene? Well, the full gamut of emotions Reg must have felt when it came to sitting down to write this memo. Has he got a writing desk then? If you're going to set the scene, what about describing the room where Reg writes his letters? It's not a letter. All right, his letters and his memos and anything else he has to write. And you don't write memos, Reg told me that. I didn't understand a word, ma'am. I've been and shown me support. Now I need to go. You sure you won't stay? No, ma'am, but thank you all for your time. Well, thanks for coming anyway. Not a problem. Mark? Yeah? Darts? Oh, yeah, of course. I need to go too. Both of you? Sadly, yes. Never mind. See you soon. Yeah, I'll be back next week. The letter? It's a memo. Oh, yes, sorry. And Reg didn't write it, apparently. They all did. This is a mystery. Perhaps. But how do you do a memo if you don't write them? You don't write them. You dictate them. Isn't that a human thing? Not always. And wouldn't you need a secretary? Reg got a secretary? I don't know. Or a temp, perhaps. We employees want every so often. Do you? Oh, yes. And what do toads need secretaries? And I thought Reg was mad. We uses them to communicate between palms. I see. Like we use squirrels then? Sort of, but we has nukes for messaging. Fascinating. Can nukes travel by air and land then? It varies. It varies. Sometimes they fall off, you see. Fall off? Fall off what? They fall off their vehicles. Don't tell me. Pogo sticks. Oh no, only toads use pogo sticks. And new toes? Isn't it obvious? Um, no. Skateboards, of course. Oh dear. So, if I might continue. With the memo that Reg didn't write, but might have been dictated to his secretary, even though you're not sure he has one. Oh yes. And with the scene being set by a toad who went to Rada. Oh, well, Tarder, that's the... Uh... Yes, I get it. Oh, good. Shall I continue, then? Yeah, before we all need a support group to cope with our support group. On a dark and vaguely troublesome night, Reg made his way gingerly through the streets, uncertain as to what he might find. He was suddenly aware of a disturbance in the forest. Was he carrying a lightsaber? Not at the time. Oh, so the cows were normal. No, of course not. Why not? Regulation, see? Why am I not surprised? Anyway, no time to explain. Now I must continue. Please do. Dwelled is what I were trained to do. Is it? Oh yeah, of course, carry on. For Reg knew that something was afoot. And for once the problem was not with his unreliable owners. 
Dean was sleeping off the after effects of watching a football match, and Michelle had become a mobile hairdresser that week, so it had to be something else. But who might it be? Um, Gummy. What? The paper's blank. You haven't even got the memory. I can explain. You're making it up. I you misunderstand. The paper is symbolic. Symbolic? I learned the contents of the memo for a performance. Really? Oh, yes. If I'd known that, I'd have bought you a bigger audience. Never mind. As always, next time. Next time? Anyway, Reg had great foreboding. Being sure there must be a problem with his feline support group or with one of its members. After braving the weather to check the treehouse and the precious urn was secure, he went to seek old Severin. The ancient cat was quick to confirm Reg's suspicions that something was afoot. Afoot? It means something's wrong. Does it? But not with your feet. Oh, but... Best not to think about it. Anyway, the group was formed as a support group, so Reg was bound to support the others in any way he could. Then he received the devastating news. Not only had Lula lost her owner, she had also vanished. And? Well, that's it. Is it? Oh, yes. But we all know she's gone. Do we? We got the memo. Oh, rum thing, that. I just came because Reg asked. I'm A.T. And you'll carry on until Reg gets back. We're in this together now, Tom. Are we? Fabulous. I've told my legions of toads to look out for any pertinent information. Good luck sifting through that. We're not performing. Toads are very relevant and to the point. Come back fast, Reg. Well, the plot does thicken. Um, Toad. Reg goes away and what happens? Hell breaks loose. Well, chaos, yes. I mean, the cat's away. And they all do the cats all play. And, <laughs> and yet Tom has managed. He's contrived somehow to make the tea. He's doing all right, isn't he? While, while he's confronted with this chaos, he's not losing the plot. No, Good for him. A, bless our Tom. He's, he's taking the reins. Doing a well, good job. And rumour has it that Reg is off on his travels again. Mm-hmm. And hopefully off to rescue Lula, wherever she is. We will find out more next week. Same but for time. now, what have we heard of the weatherman? Now, we did hear that Bill was in rehab. So... He's having a, a bit of a, a rough time of it at the minute. Well, that's understandable. I think it's, what, second, third week, something like that? I did hear, I got the communication saying that he'd been banned from watching the television because yeah. he kept impersonating the weatherman. Yeah. We've also heard, see, this you may not know yet, because we heard today that Teresa, she's signed up for a nunnery. Because she Teresa? The other weather girl, she's signed up to a nunnery in Italy. What? She felt that was the only way she could possibly avoid alcohol. What was to become a nun. Oh my um, how long that will last, I don't know. But there's doing a geographical and, and going to extremes. Why don't they just, you know, just just? So read she's the... taking holy orders in the hope that she'll never drink again. That's just not going to work. That's no, I don't think it is going to work. Is that's it? It's not going to work at all. Why don't they just stick to the rules and do the suggested thing? And if they do the suggested no, that would be far too simple. No, we wouldn't. Have. Why try AA or NA? Why go to meetings and try a program? No, no, no. No. We don't want to do that, do we? Of course we don't. Hangovers. Mm. Well, I'm pleased to say that hangovers are very much a thing of the past. Although yeah. I stopped having them at the end when I was yeah. drunk three times a day. Mm-hmm. Well, the term hangover is an interesting one. Okay. Because its origins are literal, in that it literally evolved from hanging over. So hanging over, um, what, what exactly they're hanging over? Over a rope. I did think when it, when it was, I, I thought, I was trying to figure it out, when it, when it was like hanging, I thought it must be something to do with actual hanging. But, and, See, and this comes from the Victorians. 
No, it's nothing to do with the actual hanging. It comes from the Victorian. Yeah. So if, if someone was drunk and they didn't have the money to find a bed for the night, or they couldn't find a floor to sleep on someone's house or whatever, mm -hmm. then they would literally hang over a rope. It was no. the cheapest way to find somewhere to sleep. Presumably that was to avoid being sick as well. Yeah, because they I just imagine they're folded in half, aren't they? Yeah, I'm just sort of picturing lines of drunks on people's washing lines. Well, I suppose it's better to be hanging over the rope than hanging from the rope. You'd have to be very <coughs> drunk, wouldn't you? You'd have to be passed out drunk yeah, for that. Yeah, what was they drinking back then? Yes, yeah, so that that is the origin of hangover. And we'll, interesting. I like that one. Yeah, we'll find something else next week, I'm sure. Yeah. As it stands, I think we'll we'll wrap that one up there and we'll love you and leave you. Yeah. And uh, as we always say, if there's anything in the program that has affected you or anyone that you know or would like any information, there's always somewhere you can reach out to. Don't suffer in silence and just reach out. And if you need help, ask for help. Wherever you ask, you will eventually find the right place. Yeah, you will. We're trying to show what happens when people do go to rehab. It's a difficult journey, we know, because it's happening in your your treasured rehab story, Ronnie, is yeah. detailing the journey for one person. Yeah, look forward to next week's. And it doesn't matter who you are, you don't necessarily have to be the alcoholic or the addict yourself. No. You can be the person affected by the... Yeah, feeling the effects of... of drunk or an addict plays a, a role in everyone's lives doesn't it so yeah definitely reach out if you're living with an alcoholic or a drug addict that can make you live yeah anyway on a lighter note have a lovely weekend yeah and we'll see you next week see well we week. won't see you next week but you, you'll, you'll hear us next you'll week. hear us and we'll, we'll speak through the internet <laughs>